Hello everyone and welcome to episode 27 of Added Time, a Games and Grab Studio podcast with me, your host, Steve Watkins. I'm knackered. I'm not going to beat about the bush, I am tired. Uh, And it tells because this is like the fifth time I've tried this intro. And I'm hoping this one sticks. We'll soon find out because if it makes it to the final cut, then it's stuck. But on to the more important stuff, big thank you to anyone that listened to last week's podcast. Sonny was my guest, we talked about all things Manchester United, he had a nice little rant about Cristiano Ronaldo as well, but thank you to Sonny once again for, for joining me, and I will get more guests on, I say it every week, pretty much, but the week just flies by, and before I know it, I've left it too late to ask someone to join me, so we're in the last few days of the transfer window. Teams looking to reinforce, get rid of players, players looking for moves, Chelsea still looking to buy everyone going. So it's going to be a busy few days in the transfer window. But obviously we have games going on. We've got the FA Cup this weekend. No Premier League this weekend. So FA Cup, which I'll go through a little bit later on. First up, I want to go through last weekend's Premier League fixtures. I'll go through the Leicester game in quite a bit of detail, not, but you know, it's I was there. I can't help it. And I want to talk about the Arsenal game as well because it was a it was a season defining game potentially. So, uh, look, first up, Liverpool versus Chelsea, nil nil. Really, not a lot to talk about in that one. Mid table draw, um, and, and I think I read a stat somewhere that this is uh, the fifth, or I heard a stat actually. I believe it was Martin that told me. Shout out to Martin. That this is the fifth or sixth game in a row where it's been nil-nil between these two teams. Something like that. So, yeah, not great. Not great. Bournemouth Forest was a draw. Leicester drew 2-2 with Brighton. I'll come back to that one. Uh, Villa left it late to get a win at Southampton. Uh, West Ham beat Everton 2-0 in the game that was being dubbed El Sakiko. And we did see Frank Lampard eventually lose his job. Uh, I believe it was Monday. Uh, so, yeah, I'll talk about that as well in a bit. Uh, Crystal Palace nil, Newcastle nil. Newcastle just do not concede goals. Do they? <laughs> it's mad. It's mad. Uh, Leeds nil, Brentford nil. Again, you know... a. a a not bad result, I guess, for Leeds, but um, you know they're still very much down there. Man City three, Wolves nil. Erling Haaland, I talk about him. I feel like I'm talking about him every week, but the guy is just something else. So he's now on. Is it twenty? Why can't I find the numbers? A 24 or 25 goals for the season. He scored more than last season's golden boot tally. Anyway, uh, put it put it that way. Um, yeah, 25 in 28, three assists. That's <laughs> phenomenal. It is phenomenal. Um, look, I mean, you know, it was a, a penalty, a header from a few yards out. But again, the cross, the link up with De Bruyne, Excellent, and then the third he put into into an empty net. So 
you've got to be in the right place at the right time to do it. So I know the people are still out there that say he's a tapping merchant, but oh, sign me a tapping merchant if that's the case. And then the big game, which I will come back to again, Arsenal beating Manchester United. And then on Monday, Tottenham beat Fulham. Harry came with the goal. He is now Spurs record goal scorer, overtaking the great Jimmy Greaves. So what some achievement that is from from Kane. Uh, I remember him being on loan at Leicester back in 2013, I want to say. And... If you'd have told me that he would go on to score 266 goals for Tottenham and be a credible threat to Alan Shearer's Premier League record, I would have laughed in your face because he wasn't very good. And there's obviously that famous picture where Leicester played Watford in the playoffs and Vardy and Kane were on the bench for Leicester that day. (laughs) Um, Yeah, how times change. Only one of those players, though, has won the Premier League and the FA Cup. Just a reminder. Right, so let's talk about Leicester's game. So 2-2 is a draw. It stopped the rot because we were on a bad, bad run of, of defeats. Um, <laughs> I mean, the goal from Matoma was unbelievable. It doesn't matter where you are in the league. It doesn't matter who you who your goalkeeper is. Nobody is saving that. It was unbelievable. You could... Pick fault in, you know, should he have been closed down quicker? You know, should we have allowed him into that position? But it was it was some goal. And not that these people will be listening, but there was there was three people that I saw who when that goal went in, they left. Now the goal went in on the twenty seventh minute. I get that things are frustrating at the minute, but if you're gonna go after twenty seven minutes just because Brighton have scored and not come back and start shouting Rogers out, don't come back. Simple as that. And as it so happened to be, we we ended up after 63 minutes, 2-1 up. So all Brighton had to come on. Uh, Dennis Pratt, who is seemingly made of Weetabix, um, had to go off injured. He made his return, but he went off. All Brighton come on, and I will admit, you know, when all Brighton comes on, I think, do you know what? What a great servant to the club. Part of that title winning side, but is this the best we can do? And so obviously he scored because that's just what happens. Um, and then another player that frustrates the hell out of me, Harvey Barnes, he finally got a goal and I think it will do in the world of good. There is no doubt that Harvey Barnes is a very talented footballer, but he's also very low on confidence. He's the epitome of a confidence player. If he gets the run on someone or he scores or he has a, an amazing chance, uh, amazing chance, you just see the confidence building and building in him. Um, he just needs that little, you know, he just needs to be confident all the time. Uh, he had a one. He had a chance in the first half where a more confident player would have even taken on Lewis Dunk and then squared it to to Vardy, hopefully into the into the back of the net, uh, or would have taken it himself. Uh, but he ends up passing it to Vardy, passing it backwards, and and everyone managed to get back and stop. So look, I mean, Barnes had them two great chances at Forest, and he missed them both, and you know. I'm glad he got the goal. All right, 
he volleyed it in from about three or four yards. But sometimes when you're low on confidence, that's what you need. Um, but I hate to say it, it almost felt inevitable that Leicester were going to concede. Now, I've not seen Leicester be put on the back foot like that for a very, very long time. There's not many away teams other than probably like your obvious ones, Man City, your Arsenals and and the like, that have come to Leicester and had 63% of the possession. Um, Brighton are a good side, organised, and he's really got them going, uh, De Zaber. Um, They're a team that know each other well, and... They're doing really well. So actually, you think about it, I'd have taken a draw before the match, but to go into the 88th minute winning and then concede, like I say, it almost felt inevitable. I can't fault Danny Ward for either of the goals. Like I say, the first one was a worldie. The second one, what an unbelievable header. Uh, Evan Ferguson, 18 years old, and he's just he's he's burst onto the scene. He's scoring goals. The defending could have been better. It absolutely could have been better. Um, there's and and uh, and I think I, I think it could have you know there could have been better tracking of the player going into the box by the midfield. Tillemans could have done more to close down. But we just kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper in the game. And, and you know, your, your football hipsters will call it the low block. We're the home team. You know, I know we're not playing great at the minute, but we're the home team. Vardy was too deep. Dakar was too deep when he came on. And it just, unfortunately, they scored. And I'm just glad that we were able to hold on for for a draw. It was great to see Kieran, uh, Kieran I always do that, Kieran Dewsbury Hall back. In the starting lineup, and James Madison also came on for the last twenty minutes or so as well. So that's good. And look, I'm starting to feel this is dangerous doing this as a Leicester fan, but I am starting to feel a little bit more confident. We've got players coming back, so uh, Ricardo Pereira is back in full training after his ruptured Achilles. So it's going to be a couple of it's going to be a few weeks before he's back up and running. I just hope he gets the look that he deserves because sort of pre-COVID or pre his ACL, he was one of the best right backs in the league, if not one of the best in Europe. Not the best, I'm not saying that, but he was being linked with some big money moves away from Leicester. He was brilliant. The guy deserves some luck and, you know, I think we are a, a much better team with him in it. We've signed uh, Christiansen, Victor Christiansen from Copenhagen. That happened whilst I was recording last week. From what I hear of him, he is uh, a very talented left-back who doesn't shirk a tackle, gets up and down the pitch, you know, bags of energy. Sounds like exactly what we need right now um, and we're also being linked with Harry Souter who is the Australian centre-back six foot six centre-back from Stoke City um, I think we need to go back to having some big guy at the back who 
he's just going to stick his head anywhere and head the ball out. Uh, I did see him play in the in the World Cup for Australia. He looked very impressive. Uh, he scored a few goals for Australia as well, but obviously, yeah, I guess you have to take it with a pinch of salt because Australia's qualification groups for World Cups and things like that is, I dare say, fairly easy. Hasn't scored a lot of goals for Stoke, but Stoke fans, you see it on Twitter and, and, and various different places, they really, really rate him. And I I don't think that going into the championship to look for a player is a bad thing. You know, there is some real quality in the championship and some players that have been bought from the championship that have come into the Premier League and been good and been successful. You know, we bought James Madison from the championship. Um you could argue that we bought Maguire from the Championship. We bought him from Hull. Hull had just been relegated. Uh, you know, Dewsbury Hall, he went out on loan to the Championship. Barnes went out on loan to the Championship. So I, 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 I don't get why fans of clubs, you know, like Leicester, that aren't necessarily, they're not classed as the big six. They want to try and get into top 10 area try and break into Europe why do why do fans turn their nose up at um at, at championship players because you know there's been some been some amazing players come out of there so things are starting to head in the right direction players are coming back and Didi maybe in a couple of weeks although I'm not wasn't impressed with his performances the last few weeks Johnny Evans as well looks like he's on his way back I dare say as well, Ryan Bertrand is on his way back. Um, so look, we'll, we'll see. Uh, in terms of departures, I think Perez is going to go out on loan somewhere. And uh, potentially potentially Vestergaard as well, linked with uh, Besiktas. But we'll have to wait and see on that one. Now, the main thing that Leicester have been missing, and, and I've talked about this you know, at length, is we've never replaced Riyad Mahrez. Now... Much like Vardy, I feel that replacing Mares is all you know. Replacing Mares is an impossible task because the guy is just so good. He's brilliant, and we've never you know we've signed numerous right wingers and it's just not worked. Or we've been linked with left wingers who we then try and convert to right wingers and doesn't quite work. Now. We've been linked with Tete, the Brazilian. He's 22, and for me, this would be, considering where Leicester are at the moment and considering you know all the things that are going on around finances and, and different stuff, this would be, an, for, in my opinion, would be an unbelievable signing. He ticks all the boxes. He's a, he's, he's a left-footed uh, right winger. He's quick. He's young. Uh, it'd be exciting to see a Brazilian. We've never signed a Brazilian player. So that would be exciting. I'm trying not to get too carried away with this because the deal is difficult. He's a Shakhtar player, currently on a season-long load at Leon, And basically, to get him, Leicester are going to have to do a deal with both clubs is, is kind of the, the long and the short of it. Yeah, I... I I'm not as confident about this one as I am with, say, uh, Suter. Uh, we've also been linked with Jack Harrison, the Leeds winger. Now, 
yes, he's a left winger. Uh, some might say that, well, you've got Harvey Barnes, who I've already said, talented player, but is frustrating, but scores goals. But I think with with uh, with Barnes, because he is the only recognised winger at the club, there's there's a couple of things going on there. Teams know that we are probably going to focus our play down on the left, and and we do, because we've been playing Madison out on the right, but he drifts inside. You play Pratt out on the right, he drifts inside because we don't have that natural right winger so all of the play focuses down on the left and I think teams just work us out whereas I think if you brought in a natural right winger in the likes of Tete over on the other side that would take and I think you would see a better Harvey Barnes as well which in some respects is is a, is a, is a, it would be great um now, with Jack Harrison, like I said, he's a left winger. The other thing is, I think Barnes needs some competition there. It's almost like he knows that, well, I'm going to play because I'm the only left winger at the club. So I don't think it would be a bad signing. Again, I, I'm i not sure that we will sign Harrison. I think that... I think Leicester are being used in a way so that Harrison gets a better deal. Uh, he's out of contract uh, summer 24. Leeds want to tie him down to a new deal. I think Leicester are being used, if I'm, if I'm being honest. And I don't think we've necessarily got 35, 40 million that is being quoted to get him. And that is a lot of money for a player that is either going to have to rotate with with Barnes or ends up playing on the other side of the pitch where it isn't his natural position. So I guess we wait and see on that one. Look, if Leicester end this window with Christiansen, Suter, Tete, Harrison, I will be very happy with that. Uh, There's been some links with Jed Spence. I was going on about Jed Spence for a couple of weeks and all of a sudden he's now linked with Leicester because he's doing nothing at Tottenham. And he's needed, and and we can get him on loan. I think Tottenham are holding firm on him. Uh, not really sure why, because Conte doesn't play him. I don't understand these Leicester fans that are saying, "Oh, what? Just because he's at Tottenham doesn't mean he's any good." Shut up, man! He destroyed us last year. Destroyed us in in that FA Cup game. And again, okay, Forest were in the Championship last season, and he was brilliant. There's nothing wrong with looking in the Championship for players. So, fingers crossed, hopefully things are going to get better for Leicester. Uh, Like I say, no Premier League this weekend. A little bit of a reprieve from that. Uh, Following that, some tough fixtures. Not going to lie. There's no need for me to lie. You can check yourself. (laughs) Um, Villa away, Spurs at home, United away, Arsenal home, Southampton away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tough, tough fixtures there. So there we go. Um, Right, going back to Sunday's game at the Emirates. Um, What a game. 
What a game of football. It felt like the late 90s, early 2000s again. Uh, Arsenal United. As you should know by now, Arsenal run out winners, so it keeps them very much top of the league. Uh, but United, United did not make it easy for them. And um, despite the first 10, 15 minutes, it felt like it was all, all Arsenal. And then Rashford, who is on fire at the minute, scored uh, a brilliant goal. An absolutely brilliant goal. But Arsenal hit back through Nketiah, uh, then took the lead through Bukayo Saka. Martinez uh, got a goal back to make it 2-2. Now, I'm going to have a little bit of a whinge here. I get that people said Martinez was too small for the Premier League and he's now playing absolutely brilliant and he scored his first goal at the weekend. But his height, whether he'd been six foot six or two foot one, his height was not the determining factor around that goal. You know, it, and, but people were reacting as though he'd just out-jumped a six-foot-seven defender and powered it into the back of the net. Now, the goal was good. The goal was very clever. He, it was a diving header that he, for me, purposely scooped up to get it over the keeper and into the net. I thought it was a very clever goal. But, Jesus, the reaction on social media. I think he's a very, very good defender, right? And, yes, he can clearly head the ball. And, yes, he is a bit shorter than your average centre-back. But let's not act like he was like prime Ronaldo and jumping 10 foot in the air to power the header. Come on. That's rant number one over. I've got one coming up in a bit. that <laughs> It's still winding me up to this day. And I've ranted about it four or five times already this week at work. Um, but Enketia scoring uh, in the 90th minute and Arsenal win 3-2. So it keeps them very much at the top of the table. They have a game in hand on Man City. They are five points clear, so they could go eight points clear. Um, I've seen I've seen the usual stuff around oh, uh, Man United's title challenge um, gone quicker than it was even here, all that sort of nonsense. You heard Sonny last week, we're not in a title race. The aim is to get into the top four, maybe win some silverware, which they have a very, very good chance of doing. Uh, they won their semi-final first leg Carabao Cup game against Forest last night 3-0. Uh, so that's pretty much them in the final, you would think, uh, where they are likely to face Newcastle. So that, But that won't be an easy game. You know, Newcastle are, are unreal at the minute. So look, um, it is obviously a disappointing result for for United. They don't like they don't like losing any game. Obviously, no one does, but they don't like losing to Arsenal particularly. Um, Arsenal are doing something special this season, and I think I've said it before. I think they've just got balance throughout the pitch. I know that there are people out there that say, "Oh, well, they're one or two injuries away from being." poor again you could say that about pretty much every team apart from Man City I talked about it the other week take Joel Linton Botman Trippier and Pope out of that Newcastle team they don't look as good take Casemiro Rashford Varane 
out of that United team, the backups not to the quality that you'd want. You know, you, you can go throughout anywhere, really. Any of those teams. So, look, it was a great game. Um, and, you know, credit to Arsenal. They are doing... They're doing unbelievable this season. Uh, they perhaps still need one or two players uh, to, to come through the door. But uh, we shall see. What happens? So, that was the Premier League. Uh, no Premier League this weekend, as I've just said as it's the FA Cup. Let's talk very quickly about transfers then, or transfer rumours. The window closes in five days at the time of recording. Uh, I've already talked about the players that Leicester are linked with. Um, Everton have been linked with uh, with Dan Juma, but he went to Tottenham on loan in the end. Look, Everton it is a mess at the minute. Uh, Frank Lampard was sacked, as I mentioned there is uh, talk of Bielsa being the front runner. In fact, I'm reading right now that he, he is actually in the country to have talks with Everton about taking over. Um, Leeds fans love Bielsa and I completely get it. But I don't think... Famous last words here. Is... Bielsa what Everton need right now they're in a relegation battle um, and Bielsa's style of play leaves teams vulnerable and open at the back so that's what I'm going to say on that they've been linked with the usual Sean Dyche uh, they've also been linked today with David Ancelotti who is the son of Carlo Ancelotti and his assistant at Real Madrid uh, I don't know whether that will happen or not. Bournemouth are closing in on signing Nicholas Jackson from Villarreal. Um, Alan St. Maximan, could he be going to AC Milan? There's talk of Havertz leaving Chelsea. I mean, they've said it last week. They've got to balance the books somehow. Um, James Bree has come in from Luton to Southampton, so obviously... Nathan, a player that Nathan Jones knows well, and he has brought him in, uh, and I guess that's uh, a no-brainer for for him to go from go from Luton to Southampton, even if Southampton are sort of struggling at the moment. Um, one that's kind of um, got my attention is Leeds being linked with uh, Weston McKenney, the American, obviously naturally. Naturally, it's Leeds. They're linked with American players. Um, Leeds have offered twenty-five million. Now, this is a player that's been linked with with Arsenal in the past, and, and one or two others. Tottenham, uh, I believe, as well. Uh, he's at Juventus. Juventus, as we know, are in a bit of trouble with this point deduction, and I think they're trying to get a few players off. They've got to get the players, some players, off the books. You know, they're going to. There's a good chance they're going to miss out on Europe altogether next season because of this points deduction. So they're probably looking to offload some players. Uh, Juve want 30 million. So it's fairly close. We're getting there. You know, they get in there and it, and it sounds to me like, um, you know, McKenney wants to go to Leeds. Uh, perhaps it's because of, you know, there's one or two Americans already there. And obviously the, the, the manager is American as well. Um, I think I'd be a good signing. I really do. Um, yeah, it's come out of come out of nowhere, really. Um, so yeah, 
we'll wait and see. And then the big one, actually, Leicester were linked with uh, this player as well. Um, Leicester were, were linked with uh, Anthony Gordon, who seemingly has gone on strike and not turned up for training in the last couple of days. Uh, not because he wants to push for a move to Leicester, because he's looking to push a move to Newcastle. Now, obviously there was talk in the summer of him going to Chelsea, obviously. Uh, 60 million was the was the quote. He had a good end to the season. Everton was scrapping at the end of last season, and he had a good end to that season. Uh, let's, let's not... No two ways about it, really. But he's not really kicked on this season. And now now he's uh, gone on strike. So third day in a row, he's not trained. Could Bielsa, if Bielsa comes in, could he be someone that says to him, look, I want you to stay uh, and please, you know, please stay and, and uh, you know, I'll get some confidence back in you. Uh, so, yeah. We shall wait and see on that one. He's not a player that, I mean, 55 million Leicester haven't got that money. Everton want 55, 60 million Leicester haven't got that money at all. Even if we paid it over 10 years, I don't think we've got that money. So wait and see on that one. It's disappointing when you read that players have gone on strike, especially, you know, a young player like that. But he clearly had his head turned uh, as well. Uh, And on the subject of Everton, uh, Everton legend Duncan Ferguson uh, has been announced as the new manager of Forest Green Rovers so his first full time coaching job he was obviously interim manager at Everton for a bit as well but he's now in a full time job Uh, good luck to those Forest Green Rovers players is all I'll say Uh, right that's enough on transfers take a little drink Ooh, 30 minutes have been going for. Right. I want to talk about this, and I'm going to try and not be too long, and I'm going to try and not swear. <sighs> Here we go. Right. So, the other day, a first ever in the world of professional football happened. So, a historic moment took place in a Portuguese Women's Cup match between Sporting Lisbon and Benfica when a white card was shown for the very first time. The card which is shown to recognise and encourage fair play was brandished by referee Catarina Campos during the match making its maiden appearance in professional football. Uh, the match was between uh, Benfica's women and Sporting's women. So it was a professional a women's match. Uh, it was the Portuguese equivalent to the FA Cup, for example. The Women's FA Cup. Um, despite a fierce rivalry existing between the two clubs, a clear example of sportsmanship in the cup tie gave the official the opportunity to use the new tool. With Benfica leading their Portuguese rivals 3-0 on Sunday, medical staff from both clubs ran to the aid of a fan who'd fainted in the stands just before the 44th minute of play. The crowd gave a rapturous reception to Campos's decision with the medics involved applauded as they returned to their respective benches. With the players originally looking confused when the referee took to... It says his pocket, but I think that's wrong. Um, before 
Uh, it should be her pocket. Um, before Campos became the first match official to show a card of any colour other than yellow or red. Traditionally, cards are shown for poor discipline. We all know that. Benfica went on to win the match. Um, when I was first told about this, someone at work mentioned it. And they said, oh, Steve, what's uh, what, what's this thing about a white card? And I said, I don't know what you're on about. And they told me, so I googled it. And um, I I had a little bit of a rant. Um that's an understatement. My head fell off. Now look. I know it was a women's match and that isn't the reason that this has got me so triggered. I don't care if this was a women's match, a men's match, or whatever. Sunday league, I don't care. I get that we want to try and encourage a bit more fair play in the game and you know try and encourage people to be a bit more sort of sportsmen or sportswomen like uh, and you know recognize when good things have been done but I just think that this is a bit I, I just I just don't think it's a very good idea I think it's it's really strange what do you get from it you know, it's not like, whereas like, you know, a yellow card, you get one yellow card, you get a second, you get a red, you're off, you know. But what happens, you get a white card, and what happens if, oh, this team have had 10 white cards during the season, what do they get for it? How does this improve the game of football? I do not understand how it improves football or the experience or anything like that now where i will sort of concede and say i think it's a good idea maybe in kids football you know but come on a white card in a game between adults the medic the medic has got up the medics have got up because a woman has fainted in the uh, sorry someone has fainted in the crowd guess what in the famous words of roy Keane, that's their job they're not just going to sit there and go, no, no, I'll work for the football team. I don't give, I don't care who's fainted in the crowd. Forget them. Forget them. What's that? You're going to give me a white card? Oh, better get up. Better get up. I want, I want the adulation for that. I mean, we're not that, are we, are we that far removed from giving people fucking gold stars? That was a really good, that was a really good corner that was. Have a gold star. Jesus Christ. There you go. I've gone. I I just don't I do not get it. I do not want to see it in in the game. You know, there is a time and a place to reward or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, celebrate acts of kindness, uh, acts of fair play. You know, famously years ago when uh, the I think it was Everton West Ham the Everton goalkeeper went down, couldn't get back up. West Ham put the cross in, and rather than Paolo Di Canio putting it into an empty net, Di Canio caught the ball and said, no, no, that's not fair. Round of a standing ovation from everyone in the ground, and I believe at the end of the season he was awarded with some sort of, I don't know, maybe like a FIFA Fair Play award. That I can understand, you know, and 
again, I'm not making that distinction between men and women's football. It doesn't matter. You know, it could be in any type of football. If something brilliant like that happens. But where do you draw on the line? You know, our players got cramp and the other player helped them get over the cramp. Here, have a white card and a gold sticker and well done. And here's a slip and go and tell your mum and dad how well you've done. I'm sorry, I sound like a fucking typical middle-aged white man here, but I just think it's the biggest load of bollocks ever. So, please do not introduce a white card into football. It's shit. And I've got it off my chest. Um, but, I mean, that's... To be fair, though, we've, we've had a, I've had a good joke about it at work, you know. Uh, if anyone does anything good now at work... You know, if they if they do something for me that I think, oh, thanks, you didn't need to do that for me, but thank you very much, they get a white card. So, you know, maybe it's something that is just going to be adopted worldwide in the world of sport, the world of business, you know, in the workplace. Just do it, you know, just... <laughs> you call up a plumber, you know... Something wrong, something wrong. Your bath's not running or whatever. Plumber comes in, fixes it, 10 minute job. And you just stand there and out from the back pocket. Thank you very much. There's a white card. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie me. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Right. <laughs> Let's wrap this show up. So, it is the FA Cup this weekend, and I would say the tie of the round. So, this is the fourth round proper. That's what it says on the FA's website, fourth round proper, because it's a proper fourth round. Anyway, (laughs) Christ, it's late. I'm losing the plot. Tomorrow night, Friday, 27th of January, Man City at home to Arsenal. Now look, I understand why Arsenal would be worried about maybe getting thrashed in this game. Could that affect league confidence? Would it be the end of the world if they went out of this and Man City, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Look, you're Arsenal, you're top of the league. Embrace it, go for it. And if you're all high, and if you're as mighty as as you know everyone's making you out to be, and I've already said I think Arsenal are absolutely brilliant this season. Go and give Man City a game. Go for it. Um, it's a tough one to call. My my immediate reaction is to say Man City are going to win, but I just don't really. I don't really know. I guess it will all depend on what sort of team is put out. Twelve uh, thirty on Saturday. Leicester against Walsall. Now, I have heard one or two Leicester fans say, I wouldn't be bothered if we go out of the cup because we, we're in a relegation battle and we need to concentrate. The the long and the short of it is, is regardless of what's going on in the league, we cannot go out to League 2 Walsall. That is the end of that. And that's the end of that conversation. And I am hoping for a Leicester win. There will be changes, but I don't think it'll be huge changes because we've still not got a lot of fit players. Um... Accrington Stanley uh, versus Leeds. Uh, Southampton against Blackpool. Ipswich, Burnley. Luton, Grimsby. Uh, Blackburn, Birmingham. Sheffield Wednesday, Fleetwood. Bristol City, West Brom. Fulham, Sunderland. That could be a potential upset. I mean, I know Fulham are doing really, really well at the minute, but 
you know, is is the I mean, they might go. They might think of going for the cup. They're not going to go down this season, so why not? Uh, Preston against Spurs, and then finally, uh, oh no, not finally. Talking rubbish. Uh, the last game on the Saturday is Manchester United versus Reading, which is of course on TV, because if United are in the FA Cup, they're on the TV. Um, massive club. That's why. Uh, Brighton Liverpool all Premier League fixture Stoke Stevenage sounds like an absolute barnstormer um, high flying Wrexham against Sheffield United could be that could be an upset on the cards and we could see Wrexham uh, in the in the fifth round proper the fifth round proper um, and then League One Derby hmm, uh, versus West Ham so that's uh, that's all of your FA Cup um that's all your fa cup games thank you very much for listening very much appreciated don't forget to check out my twitter at added football uh, where i'm trying not to tweet about leicester so much but it's hard you know and over on instagram added time pod i don't post many in you know in terms of like you know actual posts on on, on the pictures and stuff mainly just the the thumbnail to the pod but i'm always sticking stuff in the stories and that's the main thing so go check out instagram uh and yeah keep supporting the pod like share subscribe all of that lovely stuff i will be back next week where we will talk about the fa cup fixtures and look forward to another weekend of glorious premier league fixtures so my name's been steve this has been episode 27 of added time a games and Graph studio podcast don't forget to check out the last step the latest episode of the games and Graphs podcast where we find i say we i wasn't on the podcast but finn was finally broken broken finn steel uh he just he just lost it and he <laughs> it's a good listen i'll just put it that way so go go check that out uh, but that's it for me. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Stay well. And I will speak to you next week. Thank you. Goodbye.